to show our valued customers we care for them. It's like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you heard him. <laughs> Straight from the horse's well, mouth. Well, they, they stopped those advertisements now. The Mint Mobile or the Walmart no, no. ones? The Walmart, where you're walking and they have it oh, out the on the intercom. Up. It's yeah. like, yeah, COVID's been happening for a year. Temporary, my ass. What's temporary for you? <laughs> have you seen the Ryan Reynolds Mint Mobile ad that we're talking about? Mm, no. Oh, okay. You should look it up. Um, it's pretty funny. I mean, he bought the Mint Mobile company, so now he's like the spokesperson for it. But it's like, it's like him on his desktop, and there's like all these funny folders on there, like bad pictures of Blake, and then uh, like, like joke folders of like sequels to movies he's made. Mm-hmm. And then he clicks on this one that it's like his mom being like, "You're doing great, and I'm proud of you." And then another one where he clicks on it, and this guy is being like, "You motherfucker!" And he like closes it, and he's like, "That's the wrong That's folder." <laughs> Wait, does it actually have the F word? It a, cuts it off it right it before. No, no, he, he closes uh, okay. the window right before, so you know it's about. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, in a nat, the that's first kind of. Syllable that you're like, I know where this is going, and then he like ends up doing it all as a slideshow, and then half of the slideshow is just thank you slides at the end. Where he's like, Wow, we have a lot of these, and like, like I'm just gonna go through all of them. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> clicking really fast. And he, yeah, it's them. it's a pretty entertaining one. Like, he, he does a lot of ads. He does. for a lot of stuff. Do you remember when he and. Uh, I don't know if they still do them. I deleted my Twitter, so maybe they still do, and I just don't see them. But um, when he and Hugh Jackman were doing those videos, like about each other's yeah. companies, and like, I was just gonna ask in the uh, Laughing Man Coffee. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna ask if they, he had like a folder that had to do with Hugh Jackman on there I, because I think there, there was. because they're very close. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're super close. Ugh. Man, it is never. I'm sure I've said this before on a podcast. I know I've probably said it to both of you, but like it will never stop making me sad though that. Hugh Jackman's not going to be Wolverine anymore because all I wanted in life was for the two of them to be in an X-Men film well, and for him to steal the still, F word yeah, <laughs> there's still talk about that because if you look at the last Logan film like the date it's in the future so it shows him with oh and it's far enough side. ahead that so there's still room to make a film if they wanted That's if they did it it would like be like it would be like a deadpool 3 scenario yeah. where where uh well, wolverine like, has just a really short cameo when you know he's not opposed to the idea no either, no so. i know that the two of them are close enough and they both get along well and they like their characters well enough that i think they would do it i just don't know if it'll ever happen you know what i'm excited about is like so like our parents like when they watch these movies that have like like Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and you know people like that that play like kind of the like the roles that those people play in movies now because they're old Mm -hmm. but like for them it's like oh yeah I remember them when they were like a big like they were one of the biggest stars back in the day for us it's gonna be the same thing like 20 years from now with like Hugh Jackman and all those people it's gonna be like our kids are gonna be watching something like Oh, I remember Hugh Jackman yeah. in his good old Wolverine days. Like, yeah, when he was good looking, and I was like, "Hey, what do you oh, mean?" He's Hugh Jackman is always gonna. Yeah. <laughs> what I talking, okay, I was on, I'll be Real fast, yeah. I was telling Bradley though because we were watching uh, Van Wilder the other night, and I like that movie's from like two thousand one or two thousand two. It's 2002, old, so yeah. Ryan Reynolds is pretty young. Like, um, it's a, he's yeah. probably in his early twenties. It's a butterface. He he's definitely cheeks. still has like his baby fat, and he just looks like very very young. And I was laughing. I was like, "Wow, I hadn't realized like how much." better he has looked with age like he's like he a, a much man. he really is he's aged very nicely i was just like wow he's like way more attractive and now I think at like just 40 like, wow, i get than to see he was. a lot of ryan reynolds ass in this film and it's like there's no you got, ryan, yes ryan there reynolds is ass. opening scene wide open 
butt cheeks right in front. He's on the roof. Oh, you're right. Yes. I thought you were talking about the one where he's posing, and I was like, that's like a side view, and it's from the hip up or something. No, no. Okay. You saw cheek, and you know it. Okay. Um, Not as yeah. good as Bruce what were you Willis's gonna... cheeks. Oh, I was just no, going to say. I don't want to talk about this again. <laughs> Too many full moves. Oh, man. Listening to that, because we recorded that the 12 monkeys episode like three or four months ago yeah it's been a while and then just going back and listening to it for the first time and posting it last week was like it was just like it was great because i was like i don't even know i don't remember what we talked about at all (laughs) yeah i know it was awesome terrible movie but yeah we did our best to avoid talking about it that's for sure we do that with like every movie that's true except for the movies we were like on x-men we talked about that one quite a bit um yeah, but that was because, like, with X Men, we didn't, we weren't going to talk about anything else, and we didn't talk about anything else. We just talked about the well, movie. Well, yeah, I know, I know that, but I mean, even sometimes when we're in the middle of like supposedly talking right, about the movie, yeah. we get sidetracked because we just don't care about the movie yeah. that much. What was what happened on a couple with Aaron too, where we like, we just were basically talking about everything except for the. Movie. Well, that was the sec the the silence. Like that was our right. joke that we like. We talked about like so many different movies and actors. Although in Twelve Monkeys, like literally, it's like twenty-five minutes, maybe even thirty minutes before we actually get to the movie in that episode. We talk so much before. Yeah, it was literally almost half an hour before we actually start talking about the movie, which is usually backwards. Usually, we like kind of like have some lighthearted banter with a couple like weird jokes and you know maybe some obscenities, and then we actually, (laughs) but that's like ten minutes. Yeah. And then we talk about the movie. And, we're, and then afterwards, it's like half an hour. Yeah. I want to, before I started talking about Ryan Reynolds being a silver fox, um, you were starting to laugh about something with uh, Hugh Jackman and like attractiveness when we were talking about that. And I cut you off and I want to know what you were going to say. You were like laughing pretty hard. I don't and you remember. said, started to say something about him. And I was like, oh, real fast. I don't and then know. you didn't say anything. I don't know. So we were talking about like, because well, he says something about like, he's always attractive. That Hugh Jackman is an attractive man. Let's just put that out. But you said you deleted Twitter. Why'd you delete Twitter? Um, honestly, because you were like, you and Elise always tried to get me onto Twitter. You're like, Twitter's such a great. Twitter thing. is hilarious. Okay, but I, was it because your dad left? No. Um. Or did you leave before him? No. Um. It was more of like. I think it was just because, like, at the time, everything on there was just so negative. And I was like, the whole reason I got Twitter was not because I wanted it as a source of news or because I wanted to, like, enjoy people's political debates or something. It was because I used it as a source of entertainment. Like, Aren't I you just following the wrong people then? No, I was. Fo- it was just the problem was that, like, there was so much other stuff going on that people weren't really, like, even accounts that normally just post funny stuff were, like, retweeting serious things and, like, or not even like necessarily like current event type series things but just i don't know it just got to the point where i was like you know what they were all off brand they were all yeah and i was like i don't need this you know i've got other places i can get entertainment without having to deal with you know all of these people who i'm just finding really annoying now so i deleted it because i only used it as a source of entertainment and it was no longer entertaining yeah, so, that's more or less the same reason I got rid of Instagram. See, so. with Instagram, though, I'm following enough meme pages that are good. and, en- and I have Shout out to at Gungan Grand Army. Yes, shout out if to you like Star Army. Wars memes, those yeah. are all original grade A non-pasteurized. Every Friday is Fisto Friday. Fisto Friday. Me Not what you're thinking have about. a good time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, broke back now. And hey, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, I'm riding that horseback, okay? That was Matt Damon. No, no, oh, he Matt wants. Damon. No, no, he no, no, wants. That's it. Oh, okay. That's his dream cast. Yes. Who's the other one? Is it Mark Wahlberg? 
No, it's Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath R. Ledger is in Brokeback oh. Mountain. Yeah, that's that's the movie that killed him. No, no, it's not. I would. Yes. <laughs> there specifically was <laughs> yeah, another movie that killed him. <laughs> like actually, <laughs> we know Batman was just too soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Christopher Jeez. Nolan, let's talk about Christopher oh, we Nolan's ourselves first. Christopher Nolan's almost very first film called Memento. Almost very okay. first. Not Mentos. Well, let's introduce ourselves and then I can ask. Them. I'm Nate. I'm Bradley. And I'm Karina. And this podcast is limited to everything. Yes, we're talking about Memento. This is a 2001 Christopher Nolan flick, and I say almost first because this first one was called Happening, uh, which was a very indie film, British, not main, not... How much older is it than Memento? Uh, like two years, maybe three years. Because I thought... Memento- well, he probably did some other stuff, but like actually directing movies, it was The Happening, or it was Happening, and then... Okay. Uh, this movie. I was under the impression that Memento was his first one, so no. that's interesting. But like, as far as main, I think one I don't even know if Happening had a theatrical release. Yes, it was like a oh, okay. mo- more accredited. Was it more like a like a student film or something? That's what it feels like. I haven't seen it, and I don't know enough about it to speak on its behalf. Be interesting to watch it, especially. I want. I really Memento. want to. It's yeah. Probably interesting. Yeah. Just and to see. As of now, I think I've seen just about every one of his films. Well, he doesn't have that many. No, he, no, he has like 10 or 12. I have not seen Dunkirk, which I need to see. I've heard that that's been held that in really film. high regard and for historical accuracy, too. It's that that and Hacksaw Ridge came out about the same time, and they were both really highly... really good things about both yeah. Them, yeah. Hacksaw Ridge, have you seen that? Nope. I would highly recommend it. It's a it's a good film. Yeah, I've heard that. I really need to have like a, a war movie night, because I haven't seen either of those... And I haven't seen 1917, which is all supposed to be really Great good. Film. And I haven't seen Midway, which also everybody seems to like quite a bit. I, I heard Midway was more theatrical than, like, if you're a history buff, like, um, don't go watch that. But if you just want to watch, like, cool war scenes, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So not necessarily bad, just a little bit dramatized. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so it doesn't get the history major's endorsement? No. Okay. <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> okay. Well, yeah, well, that's more than an evening, though. That's like you need. That's a full day. day. That's a full day. Even if yeah. you just watch the three, if, even if you don't watch Midway, that's a whole that's a day. Well, that's what a whole I day. would recommend is uh, two films. They're both directed by um, Clint Eastwood, and it's regarding um, the Pacific War. Uh, Letters to Iwo Jima and Flags of Our Fathers, and they both cover the Battle of. Um, why am I very, well, yeah Battle of Iwo Jima and it just has both sides like those are probably one of the best Eastwood films I've ever seen so he stars in them as well then no okay well the time he made those films he was in his mm, I think he was in his 70s oh so 70s. they're pretty recent I I've heard of oh, Letters to Iwo Jima and I haven't seen it mid 2000s okay well that's that to me that's okay, recent but he was just in a movie so it's not that unreasonable to think that he might have well but if he's supposed to be in a i mean that would be no it's kind of old to be starring in a film. world war ii like, film he would probably well 
Well, I don't know. It would just uh, depend on what his role was. I mean, he could be in it and not be like an actor. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a a cameo or something. I can't remember if he was in the film, um, but... They're, all I'm saying really is good. he was just in oh. the mule. Yeah, which I feel it did not movie. do well, though. All, all, I'm, not talk- I'm just saying. Well, I know, and I'm just changing gears. In that movie, the so. mule did not do well. He's, he's 90 or 91 now. Is he, is he really? Yeah. yeah. He's kicking butt still, you know. How old is Scott Eastwood? Because Scott Eastwood I thought was like 30, but there's no <laughs> way. <laughs> he's got to be like 50. That's the case. Are you sure? And I don't think he's that old. I don't. I don't think I'm going to say 82. late 80s. 82. He's Correct. 90. Yeah. So how old is Scott? Okay, I was right. Uh, he's also 6'4". Did you know that? I don't Clint know. Eastwood? Jeez. You sure that's not Scott? Scott Eastwood is 34. So he must have just 34? had him real late in life. Wow. Wow. So how, old is, how old is yeah. Scott Eastwood's mom? Because that's I really what matters. It <laughs> doesn't really matter how old yeah. Clint is. She's 68. Okay. That makes a little so more sense. She would, she would still be 34, so she, she had, had two her, children that's not that with, old. Scott, with uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's not that old for no. compared to how old no. he was. Yeah, <laughs> she's 68. That means he's like what 13 years older than her. Then yeah, it's quite a bit. I mean, my grandparents are. That's that's how old. So. I think that's exactly how far apart my grandparents are. No, they're not. They're only 10 years apart. Only 10. It's they're not 13. <laughs> Can you imagine being married to somebody that's 34 or however old you are? I don't know. How old you are. She's 25. I am not 25 yet. So I was right. (laughs) Yes. I said, imagine being married to somebody who's 34. So I was right. That's that's 10 years older than you. But can you imagine? They would feel so old. No offense to (laughs) No offense to anyone who's 34 (laughs) out there or older. No one likes you. But compared to somebody who's 24, (laughs) compared to somebody who's 24. Or you're 34. Yeah, when you're 34. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of. It's probably less weird. I mean, obviously not that I've ever dated or whatever, like somebody who's that yeah, much. Spill your whole dating life right <laughs> in front of me, darling. Oh, I'd love to see yeah. this. No, no, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like it would be weirder to if you if it was the other way around. Like if you asked a 34-year-old how they felt about dating a 24-year-old, I think that would be a weirder one. Because... To me, I think as you're the younger person in the relationship, it's probably not as weird. Versus, it, like, if you're the... We talked about this last time when we were talking about, like, um, what it's like when you... Uh, like, if you hang out with a high schooler now, and you're like, wow, you're such a young person. Like, you're such a child. I feel like it might be the same way that it would be, like, if somebody was, like, 35 and they were dating somebody who was in their mid or early uh, 20s, they might feel the same way you where they'd be I like, wow, you are like very um, young and immature. But the, I don't know if it's the same way if you're the younger person in the relationship. You and I were talking about the age difference between Will Ferrell, who we found out was only, what, 53? and Currently, then, he's um, only 53? Yeah, he's not that who old. was it? Amy? Wow. Amy Rachel Ra- McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Who is 40. Um, she looks really good for 40. Yeah. And she had a she had she a kid, had a kid and she's going to have a, she's, I think pregnant she's right, pregnant with I don't know. One. She's, she looks Who, very good for her age. We also watched a film there in Eurovision. Highly recommend as well. Really good. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Karina sounds like she has some reservations. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. The movie is very funny. I'm talking about, there's a couple of songs in it that it's just, Bradley listens to them all the time and they get stuck in my head and I don't like them. Yes. Lion of Love. I don't like, I don't like Will Ferrell very much. Honestly, 
he's okay in that movie. Rachel McAdams yeah, is the carries, person who I like carries her. Rachel the McAdams film. a lot. She carries the film. You realize she's in a lot more comedies than She's in a thought. lot of comedies. I thought she was more, you know, mushy gushy in, in romance films. Is, is she, she really? She's the girl in Game Night, I'm pretty sure. I haven't seen that. Where Game are you Night's going? Really I need to take my drugs. <laughs> <laughs> He's lighting it up. What's the, what's the like? What are your top three favorite things? Cocaine, alcohol, and bad bitches. <laughs> our our host, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Friends and enemies. Hey, share that needle. Honestly, I saw this somewhere. That, uh, it was from some like old movie. Might have been like. I can't remember who the actor was, but they opened it instead of saying like "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen." They said "Good evening, friends and enemies," and I was like, "That's the best way to introduce anything." I'm gonna start doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, <good>. friends and <laughs> enemies. Uh, Are you good? Looking for more water. You gotta have a system, like in the movie. We'll eventually get to it, or will we? Lion of love. Okay, Karina, go ahead and give us a synopsis. Me, okay. Hey, free. that's not part of my. <sighs> <laughs> Nate's gonna choke on his drugs. I'm sorry, officer. How did he die? Well, he was trying to take drugs and he choked. And on and on and on. (laughs) Okay, stop. The whips. You love the whips in that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Just as much as you love Ryan Reynolds. Oh man. Things taken out of context. Memento, go. All right. Stop laughing. Okay, so uh, this sort of, I guess it's hard to give a really good synopsis of this movie, um, but basically it is the film you realize, you, you recognize very quickly that you this are- This is not a synopsis. Give, it, give like a, give oh, okay. hold it up on IMDb. Okay, so basically the synopsis is this okay, man has a condition where his- uh, his memory doesn't function correctly. Yeah, just eat that cupcake. I'll let you just open that real fast. <laughs> hey, they're out for free. Pardon the interruption. All right, okay. go for it. Um, he has a condition where his memory doesn't allow him to really store anything in his long-term memory. So, so he's Dory. Can you, explaining can you finding just let me uh, Actually, you've already gotten it wrong. He, yeah. can, he can't store anything in his short-term sorry, memory. Sorry, sorry, short-term yeah. memory. Excuse me. I just said that it's memory. I don't think I said No, that. you said long right. term. I can I can prove it. All right, excuse me. He cannot store anything in his short term memory, but he has long term memory. And he is trying to hunt down the man who murdered his wife. And he has help sort of from a guy named Teddy who is also trying to get him out of town though. And basically it's just his series of findings and how he's trying to solve the mystery without having a short-term memory, so. Yeah, but one of the interesting um, ways that this film is presented and how Christopher Nolan tells the story is he tells it backwards. Mm -hmm. So it goes from the events of him finding the guy who murders his wife and then working all the way backwards to how he comes to find this man. Yes. So the fir- very first thing in this movie is literally him shooting Teddy in the head. Yes. Like that is how it starts out. Teddy's the main character in the movie. The very first thing that happens in this movie is he shoots him in the head. Yeah, he he's yes. takes like a Polaroid of a picture and you just yep. see him you know, yep. flicking it, trying to get the yep. camera. And then it works all the way backwards to when... 
Well, it's interesting. There's actually two series of of storylines that go on in this movie Mm -hmm. and they parallel each other. So you start with one that is moving backwards, but there's also another series of shots that you get that are moving forward in time and they end up meeting Mm -hmm. in the middle. And so it's very interesting because you realize it pretty quickly on, but it it really makes you have to think about how you're viewing each scene um, because it keeps jumping back and it's forth. It's a thinker. You yeah. have to it, be aware of it where jumps you back are and on the forth pretty regularly. Or it could be confusing, yeah. which is something that's, I think, when you watch a Nolan film for the first like movies like Inception, like Tenet, like Memento, you have to constantly be aware. Otherwise, you can get lost and then you'll need to constantly rewatch it or yeah. just study the film, honestly. Honestly, this is one that just requires a second watch, really, to fully mm-hmm. grasp it anyway. More or less. Um, even if you don't entirely pay attention, like, if you don't entirely pay attention, like, like actively watching a movie like this, you're still going to understand what happens by the end of the movie, but it's so much better if you are actively watching it because you won't, you'll, you're, it's, it's like you're trying to figure it out before it tells you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, which, which I did not figure out. No. The end of this movie, which I mean, this is obviously spoilerful. Um, you find out that, and I don't think it's trying to trick you or anything. I think it's actually the truth that Teddy is actually trying to, he's already found and killed his killer, which this whole movie, he's trying to kill his killer, mm-hmm. find and kill the guy that killed his wife, not his killer. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know what you're the killer. And at the end of the movie, you find out that Teddy's been more or less like putting up with him because they already he already did find and kill the guy that killed his wife, but he's forgotten about it. And so he keeps trying. He keeps he's just hell bent on. I don't. Uh, no, no, no. You don't agree? No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. we were just discussing this today that it ends up. Um, who's the main protagonist? And it's Leonard. Uh, uh, Leonard. Leonard. Well, Leonard Lenny, keeps, as, mm-hmm, as hey, Teddy Lenny. Refers, as Teddy calls him. Um, you find out in the film that um, Len, Lenny was actually responsible for his wife's yes. death because of an overdose of insulin. And his wife thought that it was just like a placebo or a psychosomatic that, you know, he couldn't remember things for long term or uh, short term. And she tests him and then she's like, okay, like, it's time for my shot. It's time for my shot. And eventually, like, She's realizing like this is genuine. Yeah, she basically keeps resetting the clock. And but he used the excuse of. Um, oh well, okay. Hang on for a mm. sec. So that's the that's the. So pers- not the persona, but the story he uses. Mm-hmm. That's actually like his yeah. story, himself. right? Um. Yeah. So what he finds, what what you find out at the end of the movie is that Leonard is responsible for his wife's death, but he doesn't. Well, okay. He's responsible for his wife's death. He has already killed somebody else who go who is the I na- think hang, that's on, some... hang on, hang on, hang he, on. He's already killed some... Let me just finish what I'm saying. So he's, he's responsible for his wife's because, death. Because, oh, right, because his wife killed... didn't die. But there was a break-in, and that's why she he lost was, his memory. She yes. was raped, He killed one of the guys right? that did that. Yes. Yeah. And um, then he has already killed somebody who matches the profile of the person he's hunting, but... He refuses to accept it, and so he continues to hunt this. Mm-hmm. And Teddy is like an FBI agent or somebody who is help, trying right. to help him cope, but also trying kind of using him a using little bit. Using him a little bit, but also is like 
I think to a certain degree actually genuinely cares about him a little bit and is like understands that this guy which is, is weird because the whole movie we're led to believe that he's lying yes like and all his friendliness says, is fake especially because yeah lies. on the picture he has it says don't trust his yes. lies which we find out at the end is him actively so. blocking the truth so yes yeah, so that's what makes this movie really interesting is not only do are you totally misled on who the who is the bad guy the whole time and mm. what actually happened but you recognize that he may actually remember more than what he lets on and that is some of it may be a yeah, willful it's act a that he doesn't allow to accept yeah, reality he's, like, he's not willing to come to terms almost with like it. his almost like it's psychosomatic almost that he's like lying to himself yep. and he's just blocking yeah. things well, out of his that's memory why the film like he writes himself a bunch of notes which is why the film is called memento because he constantly um like tattoos himself or tries and has these reminders all over his body he like, carries around a stack of yeah, polaroids of yeah. people mm-hmm. and images and, and things yeah. that's yeah. when you see it revealed as it works backwards where he says you know when it gets to the very beginning of him killing another guy and he doesn't accept it and then teddy who is also named john g you know he writes it down like don't trust his lies because he can't accept the fact that you know the killer is dead the person who's responsible for raping his wife died and there's nothing more because i don't after even remember that, actually now if that actually no happened or not no it did it did, did that actually because yeah. lenny okay. tells him your wife didn't die blah blah, right, blah. he right, tells him the whole yeah, thing yeah. about how i forget the guy's name that he makes up the not makes up but actually thinks is a true story about the patient not the patient but he's like uh yeah, yeah. the person um, he deals with that uh it's like sammy uh, sammy something yeah don't end up Jen, 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 Jenkins. Sammy Jenkins. Jenkins. Sammy Jenkins. Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. Don't end up like Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. Right. So basically Constantly the whole movie, he up. like anybody he meets, he tells them the story about a guy named Sammy Jenkins. And what he's actually doing is he's projecting his own um, experience. story and his own experience of what happened with him accidentally causing his wife to overdose on insulin. He's projecting that onto somebody else. And then he tells mm-hmm. it as a story of like his reasoning for why he has a quote-unquote system for keeping track of information so that he doesn't end Which up like that even though you find tattooing out tattooing himself yeah writing even, on toilet paper memos yes but you end up finding out that he actually is telling his own story and all he's done is change a couple little details so that it sounds like he's talking about somebody else and he has this whole story about how it was somebody who was you know an insurance claim from his old job and whatever but um yeah what i love most about this movie is how <laughs> is how Christopher Nolan made a movie that can be told backwards, but the beginning of the story, just because of how it's told, the beginning of the story is so climactic. Like, Mm -hmm. even though it's the beginning of everything that's going to happen that you've seen, you watch it backwards, and now the very beginning of the story is very climactic, even though, and if you watched it the other way, it wouldn't be. Well, it's so, I mean, obviously it wouldn't it work would, the other way. There's no yeah, point in even talking just, about that. Yeah. Well, I think um, that's just the genius of Nolan, how he's constantly, he has you like kind of on the edge of your seat, like trying to solve the, like you said, trying to solve it before all of the pieces have been put together. And, you know, he does that with other movies like Inception. And I just think, yeah, like right from the get go, you're like, okay. Yeah. Inception's <laughs> not as much just of a shot someone. I don't see Inception. This this movie really feels like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Like you're really racing against the movie to figure out, you know, 
what the hell is going yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Inception, it's just mind bending, and it's not yeah. like you're trying to like figure so out what, what the answer is. There's nothing you're really trying to unlock. Basically. It's just a mind bender. You just need to keep track of where you are in the story. Same thing with Tenet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Tenet um, more so than Inception. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, and I mean, same thing with the Prestige. The Prestige has a lot of little mysteries in it that you might may or may not figure out until they tell you. But the whole the overarching plot is not a mystery necessarily. Um, it has creepy things that, no, that no, doesn't no. explain. No, no, but no. Memento in and of itself is like a an, like a there's a full on the mystery that you're trying does to solve. Become a mystery that you're trying to explain because it all comes down to that one trick. Which I mean, we could talk about the Prestige sometime. Basically, it all comes down to that one trick, and he genuinely does not know. Like, and you as the audience don't realize what's going on either until you get to the very end, and then you get that one shot that suddenly reveals what actually happened, and you're like, oh. I didn't get that earlier in the movie. So that one is a little bit of a puzzle. But not I agree, it's not is. like this one. This one is genuinely like, it is truly a mystery and you are being given pieces backwards and trying to put them together. Which um, is, that's just something Christopher Nolan would think of. I mean, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's brilliant. It is. It's, and I can't imagine the brainstorming trying to uh, write this and without any like contradictions or... Do you think they made... Do you think he... Mm, made the film the other way because it would be a lot easier the hard part would be then taking that story and doing it backwards and chopping it up with how he does it i think he had an intention to do this film oh i'm sure he had the intention but then like with the actual like he had the idea what if you told the story backwards yeah but then he actually wrote the story forwards and then like how do i tell this backwards it's possible it'd be interesting to know what his uh yeah, how his thought process was on this. Well, before we get too much into more, like, too much more into that kind of thing, I mean, we should talk a little bit more about the movie. I think it's interesting oh. that um, that he is, because of his condition, whether it's real or psychosomatic. Well, we didn't say how he got the condition. He was thrown into a mirror and he hit the back of his head right. while we, his Yeah, we kind of covered yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so basically um, he was just injured during a break and he doesn't remember. Um, it is interesting how there are several characters in the movie who do use that to their own advantage that are part yeah, of Yeah, who his... manipulate yes. him yeah. because of it. What was the one girl's name that worked in the bar? Name. Yeah. She, uh, the main girl? She was manip- yeah, Natalie? Oh, right, Natalie. <laughs> Jeez, come <laughs> on, people. Sorry. Uh, yeah. But then also the guy that um, owns the motel that he's staying in. And the guy that runs the desk isn't really a jerk, but he's like, now my manager told me to rent you another room because you wouldn't remember. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, how many rooms do I have? <laughs> Yeah. Like that one's two. yeah, that one's just more of a like, okay, you know, somebody took a little bit of advantage of a situation, but then you've got Natalie Natalie's and Teddy who are genuinely using him and not just mm-hmm. not just like, ah, we'll make a couple extra bucks on the yeah. side, but like Especially Natalie. Natalie. Because at least especially. Teddy's also kinda trying to help him out. Like he's like I yeah. still think he has very selfish motives. Yeah. But at the same time he is like he's kind of being a friend to him and be, he's always honest with him. Yeah, that is Even true. Even though we think he isn't the whole movie. Yeah. We found out he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Natalie definitely. Natalie's, but like, there were a couple moments in this movie that kind of gave me chills a little bit, and one of them was that where like you find out what she's like when you start to find out in those couple like clips that she's told, like when she like when she really starts to get angry at him and she's like, I'm gonna walk out of this door and come back and you won't. And we've already seen that. We've already seen her come in and like she's breaking down and crying and uses him. 
but we don't know she's using he's... them. And then we find out in the next scene. Yeah, she... Well, and you see her hide all the pens. Yeah, yeah I know. She's seen as, uh... and you're like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, she's seen as a friend throughout some of it, but like early like on, she's up until that point. Yeah, for like the first half of the movie, and then yeah, you think she's just kind of there for like emotional support. You know that all you really know about her is that she has also lost somebody and she's grieving. Yeah, I, you know, I would say in air quotes, but he thinks she's grieving, and so you just think that she's somebody who can kind of relate to what he's going right. through. Right. Yeah. And then the further into the movie you get, the more you realize that no, she. Like, she isn't. She's a dick. <laughs> yes. In <laughs> every sense of the word. Yeah. Were there any, like, <laughs> chilling moments? This movie doesn't have a lot of that sort of thing. No, it's not really written that way. Well, um, there is there is one other for me, which is where he's on the phone. And, like, the the story that's going forwards. Oh, yeah, and he's on the phone. And he finally. Officer. No, well, yeah. And he's on the phone. And he finally, like, peels the tattoo off. And his tattoo says, don't answer the phone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that, who is this? And yeah, that part kind of gave me. Um, yeah. I don't know. This movie, that movie didn't really like give me a lot of like, who kind of like. Well, that's not the point. But everyone like things like the don't answer the phone yeah. thing like are kind of, kind of. Yeah. Um, that's what my mom tells me with telemarketers. <laughs> um, you don't know they're telemarketers until after you answer the phone. That's why I never answered. That. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, I'm don't answer the phone. <laughs> I am trying to think. There was, I definitely like the Natalie part when, when I remember when it got to that point and i was like oh that's what's going yeah it's pretty cool and i was like okay this is interesting um and then uh yeah because don't you find out he kills her boyfriend yeah 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 and that's who he kills at the very beginning of the movie because that's why he's wearing the nice well the very end slash beginning of the sorry beginning of the story chronologically it's the beginning yeah um yeah, so she killed. He killed her. Uh, her boyfriend, Jimmy. I think Jimmy. Yep. Jimmy yep. G. Probably who was a yeah. drug dealer or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? There was another part. Oh, I remember another part that uh, weirded me out a little was when he had like the prostitute come and like he reenacted the scene. Of, I'm like, wondering if like was he trying to like trigger his memory or something there, or was I he just know. like really. I don't yeah. know if homesick is the right word, but just like he wanted know. to recreate that. I don't know, but I remember Kinda that. Weird. Just like, I was like, this is really thing. bizarre. Well, yeah. how would you act when you get your prostitutes, honey? Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, I want just you to clean really, my desk. <laughs> I just thought that was a really weird, like that part just like, it's kind of like, okay, I don't know if this is a coping mechanism. Also, the fact that he has apparently done this before because he like periodically seems to take some of her stuff and burn it, but he... It's done His it multiple wives. times. Hmm. No. I think so. I'm pretty sure he has like multiple things of hers because something about the scene it made me think them. that he had like done this before. Like, well, this because the, the scene before it starts with him leaving there, Maybe. and then the scene after that leads up to that yeah. point, There's which is what overlap. I like. Which is which is what I like most about this movie is the overlap. There's a lot of scenes in this movie. In the beginning of every scene. The end of the next scene usually ends on that or leads right into it. Yeah. And so it's yeah. kind of cool because you just saw a scene. And so it's cool to see how the other scene leads into that. Yeah. And okay. sometimes they're like really connected, sometimes not as much. It's just like, but it's pretty cool. It's yeah, pretty cool. sometimes it's down to like the shot and like the camera angle. Other times it's just like you're like, okay, I'm in the same room. 
yeah. with the same yeah. people. But Which is nice. It helps piece it together. A lot of times it explains what easier. was going on at the beginning mm-hmm. of yes. the scene before. Yes, because a lot of times, well, yeah, with starting the scene prior to that, you're like, I have no clue what's going on. And you right. understand when kind of the next thing starts in that scene, but you don't understand what they're coming out of. So, yeah, it's a really interesting, very intriguing way it's so to well shoot made. a film. It's so well mm-hmm. made. I've been meaning to watch it for so long. Not really meaning to, but just like I see it, I'm like, oh, that's a Christopher Nolan movie. I should watch that, yeah. you know? And I just kind of never got around to it. And I like Guy Pierce. That's what we forgot to mention. Like Guy Guy Pierce and Carrie Ann Moss are the two people that star in this. And mm-hmm. I like Guy Pierce because I, I liked him a lot in Count of Monte Cristo. He plays, I forgot the guy's name because I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, but he plays the guy that he, uh, basically the main antagonist mm-hmm. in that movie. And he's really good in that. I don't think I've seen him in anything else, but he's a good actor. Yeah, no, he does a really good job in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kil- it's a, f- a kiln, a film. It's a kiln. It's a film with a very small cast. Yeah, there's about. Yeah, I mean, there's like three main characters. It's there's them, and then the guy that I don't and then remember. There's really just then Jimmy. there's Teddy, not Jimmy. Well, Teddy. I, thinking Who's about the third it now. Person you're thinking of. I'm thinking. No. Uh, I was thinking Teddy, Leonard, and Natalie are the three yes. main characters. Yeah, yeah. you then, said Jimmy. Yeah, I was saying, and then Jimmy's like one of the only other people. The drug dealer who is like an actual person in the well there's film. a few there's dodd who's the I'm saying there's only a couple people and there's the, uh, yeah i mean well, there's not a huge cast no one no. doesn't typically use large casts inception has a pretty big now, cast inception has a big cast so does I'm prestige yeah. well prestige is kind of uh, tenet there were a lot of like vague characters there weren't really main characters i mean even well, I the mean, main characters just called protagonists most movies don't have more than four or five like central characters no i know i guess what i'm thinking is even just the number of people he interacts with i guess i'm not thinking main characters like yeah it's unusual you mean for just like full just like people in the cast film. a lot of the film takes place in hotel rooms where right because if you compare himself. it yeah, since like no since you brought for... up tenet if you compare it to tenet like he does bounce around a lot. He goes to see Michael Caine. He goes to see uh, Sanjay Singh a few times. And he's with groups of people a lot, even if they're not named. Yeah, so or, there's you know, just a lot of, like, There's a know, lot of group extras. stuff. I mean, there's lots of soldiers and people moving around. I'm talking about, like, this movie has almost nobody in it, period. Because, mm. I mean, like, half the movie is him sitting in his hotel room trying to figure things out by himself. Like, there's yeah. just not a lot of people in this film. It's interesting. Like, it's really just a lot of him being alone or with Teddy. Well, that's because the characters that are in it are so important and central to his personal story. Oh, yeah. No, that no, it kind of gets totally bogged down. With, it's just interesting because yeah. a lot of movies, at least even if they don't have a giant cast, the people go places and interact with people and like are seen in groups of people. And that does just really, I mean, there's only a couple scenes where that really happens in this film. So it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, cheaper, cheaper budget probably for true. this movie. So, true. This yeah. Was early yeah. In his career. I'm sure he didn't have a giant, a giant budget. Um, it is also interesting. We, we should note that uh, he intention. So he has this in part of his working on trying to solve, you know, this case of this supposed murder. Uh, he has this police file that he looks through and goes through for details and whatever, trying to find because all he really knows about the guy is his name is John G and blah blah blah. And it's interesting because you find out that he's actually taken things out of the police report to make it unsolvable for himself, or to make sh- to make sure that he or not unsolvable to but to make it provide the answers he wants it to provide. 
Yeah. But then he actually does have memory loss. And so it just, by him doing that, it really has a snowball effect kind of where once he's forgotten that he's done that, he's screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it only gets worse. Well, and I think he doesn't, he doesn't want any resolution because without it, like there, he can't ever serve justice because he'll forget that justice was ever served. So it could be it. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. No, and and that's kind of what I think that point gets made at some point in the film where he kind of says like, "Look, if I solve this and it ends, like I'm gonna forget and I'm gonna forget about my wife and Mm -hmm. I'm gonna forget that justice happened." And he's like, "I have to keep doing this. I have to keep." But at the same time, at at the end, makes me feel like justice. At the end of the film. Um, he's talking when they have kind of their like ultimatum moment. He's saying like, no, I would know. Like he's he's convinced. Like he actually thinks that like, no, I would know when if I killed. Like I would know that, that I it. yeah. So I don't know if that's necessarily his motivation. Although yeah. I think it kind of is. But it I would think make that's sense. kind of the interesting thing about this film is like you know that to some extent he does have memory loss and that he genuinely has concerns about forgetting it. But on the other hand, you know that he's intentionally now killed two people and plans no, to keep he, hunting yeah, somebody. He'll kill three people at the whole Okay, with three. The whole story. Either way, you know that he's intentionally killed multiple people and plans to continue doing it because it's his way of coping, essentially, with losing his wife. And so it does lead you to kind of wonder, like, Yes, maybe he does have like he probably does have some kind of real form of memory loss, but at the same time, how much of it is real? And like yeah. Nate said, how much of it is actually like psychosomatic? Where if level. he tried, he could snap out of some of it because some of it seems to be that he genuinely cannot remember things. But there are definitely elements of the story that you're like, this is intentional, and he is doing this to himself on purpose because you know whatever his motivation is, he's choosing to continue this instead of. You know, he could have had his resolution and he could have moved on. He could have tried to start a new life and do something else. But instead, he chooses to just keep hunting this person that doesn't exist in search of something he can't really ever attain. So it's just an interesting, like, trying to figure out. I guess for me, I remember I've seen it twice now, I think. And I remember just thinking, like, that was a big thing. I was like how much of this is real like how much of this is genuinely he he has no control over this and how much of this is him just he's psychotic and he's choosing to be a crazy person yeah it's just a good movie like i know that i have recommended it to many people since i since the first time i watched it it's kind of which if you're kind of turned off by it which i know part of the reason i didn't like was because like the cover of the film is terrible it's like a weird like it's like a black background and then like a it looks like like an album cover almost because it has like the picture on the black background oh, and it's that. just kind of a weird picture of him with all of his tattoos. Like if you saw this and you didn't know anything about the movie, you would just keep you scrolling. Probably. You're like, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm not watching that, yep. you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah, sometimes a book's cover does do a lot, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and that's why you should not, you know, yeah. judge a, a movie poster. by its cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely like, don't judge it based on the movie poster. Don't, don't even like judge it by us really talking about it because honestly although i mean if you haven't seen it yet we just i mean we just spoiled everything so like kind of like it's not that good however it is still a good film and i think even though you know what happens i just the ingenuity of how the film is made is good exactly if you like films you'll 
and yeah you'll enjoy it i think just for the workmanship. it's it's worth watching even if you know how it starts (laughs) (laughs) you know how it starts well right yeah right from the beginning it's spoiled you know what happens that is kind of true that is true you it is true but you have no idea why but that's not that's not what Mm -hmm. the climax is yeah that's the interesting thing yeah is you start with like the most dramatic thing that because happens. it's the end of the story yeah yeah but it's interesting because it's like this movie isn't about figuring out what happened it's about figuring out why it happened yeah mm-hmm. because you know that he kills teddy right from the get-go and then you see teddy well, like i said it's a mystery yeah. yeah it's a mystery but you know what happened but who did it and why not who did it but you know no. kind you're, of you're a, literally just trying to figure out the why yeah there's it's there is no what that you have to solve really no. in this movie because you already very, know all of it very straightforward essentially yeah. um so yeah definitely watch it just for the yeah just the, and i don't yeah, think like you i've said, ever been disappointed with a, a nolan film also he, that. he still has yet to like oh that was a terrible movie i wish i had never seen that you know no he does a really good job with being very particular about the kind of movie he puts out he doesn't rush to put them out he's almost created his own genre i mean everything he does yeah most of what he does is kind of um sci-fi like the prestige uh isn't it's kind of it is sci-fi because it has has tesla in it yeah inception is sci-fi tenet is sci-fi but it's they're not just sci-fi they're they're christopher nolan movies and it's like he is creating his his own genre mark on it like we were discussing this um, about the superhero movies and how during uh, when uh, MCU was coming out with a bunch of different films for um, Marvel that they just were rushed that a lot of them sped up the release date to meet a demand so they could get the next films and you lose quality of those films when you're trying to rush everything just for like the main big picture, which was Infinity Wars or Endgame. And well, that's because those the other movies. It's because those are just horrible. those movies are just stuffed with fluff. Yeah, that's it's, all it is. Like, there's no substance to them. It's just no. a bunch and of Nolan, flashing lights. Yeah, Nolan just takes his time with it. Like, he doesn't have a lot of films. I think he has maybe less than twenty. I'm actually looking at oh, a, Nolan. I'm actually looking at a list. He has eleven. Yeah, that yeah. he's directed. Well, and look how good each of those films yeah we haven't with the one we haven't talked about is uh interstellar which is another, another mind bender sci-fi, sci-fi yeah. yeah i haven't seen all of that one so i definitely like to watch you it. definitely need yeah. to yeah it's just like you said he really has created his own genre like it's it's very much something that you can I mean, the whole reason that we went to see Tenant was because, I mean, I didn't see the trailer or anything. It's not because I went, oh, yeah, I saw this trailer on Instagram and it looked no, like a good movie. No, you heard it was a it's Nolan It's just film. that it's a Nolan movie. I will go see it because I know it's going to be good. Yeah. I think he is one of the definitely um, most renowned of the directors nowadays. Like, he could be considered like our modern day Alfred Hitchcock just make that comparison of like the weird thing is i don't as far as modern film directors go it feels like the there aren't any like big names like there used to be like no, used to be like I you had like you had you have you had steven spielberg mm-hmm. and you had you know quentin tarantino and like and they, they still make movies but it's mm-hmm. just like no one's it's talking not, about them anymore it's not as good yeah like most of the people who were well renowned back then like they're obviously done with their careers i mean they're set 
and then there's not really anyone else other than like Nolan or John Favreau. Um, I can't really even think of anybody Tarantino. else. Tarantino, uh, Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino yeah. still, he's still making Tarantino, some good films. I would say Tarantino is. Well, I don't want to say he's similar to Nolan, but he's similar in that I think he also only has eleven or twelve. Yeah, films. he he's can make it very authentic, like and you know. but he puts a lot of heart and soul into his films. But that's what I was whether you like him or not. Is, it's like Nolan in that. He is particular about what he does, and every movie has its high quality. Even mm-hmm. if you don't like the content, like, yes, Quentin Tarantino tends to be very, well, like, Well, look at how many and... no-name directors there are just because I think making movies is now, you know, definitely a higher profession. Like, there's more directors out there that have the opportunity to do something with it. Now, whether they actually make a film memorable or not, that's... I would say another example of a, a director like that is uh, James Cameron. Oh, yeah, James, James Cameron. James Cameron, he, he has some that aren't... He's not a, on the same level as, like, Nolan or... Well, well but in some ways then, he really is. How old is James Cameron? Um, I don't know. He's getting up there. Yeah. he's. I think he's older than Nolan. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because yeah. Nolan's, Nolan's only young. 40. Is he really that young? Yeah. yeah, I knew he wasn't very Good for him. We got plenty yeah. more. He's got, he's got <laughs> plenty more whole, coming up. Well, that's something that's really awesome, too, and can really show you how great Nolan is, is he was, let's see, he's 40 now. He was only 22 or 24. Was he 24? He was in his early 20s. I'm trying to figure out the math. When? Yeah. For 31. 31. Or uh, 21. From Memento? Yeah. This came out yeah. in 01, so it was okay, 19 years ago, so, so 21. He was, he was really young, and he already made a, a significant impact in cinema. And I think that's cinema. what's great about him is that he's not just somebody who is making movies because he can make money doing it. You can tell that for him it really is an art form, and it's something that he, just with the quality and the thought and just – like you said, the ingenuity that goes into his films, like it really is his life's work. Like this is his passion. It's not just something that he does because it's like, well, it makes good money. Like people, you know, it gets me some fame, whatever. Like he's he's not somebody who's in it for the spotlight or for the you know no. notoriety. Like you can tell that even if these movies were not making money, this is what he loves and this is what he wants to do. So... I think that helps make them good films, I guess. That's what he was born to do. I would love to read a book by Christopher Nolan. A book? Yeah, just to see kind of how he thinks. Well, because because as far as story goes, books are much, much better oh, for yeah. like you get so much putting a story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if he wrote a book, and not necessarily that he might be like a, a great author, but like if you had someone else refine it, but if you took his story and he made it into a, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a really, really good book. That does make me, I guess that brings up an interesting point. I wonder if somebody who's as good of a filmmaker as Nolan would actually be able to write a story, even if he didn't do like final edits, but if he could actually write a story that would make sense in a book and be good, because they're very different mediums to convey a story, and you can be really good at one and not good at the other. Well, like co-wrote with someone else. Like, he's in charge of all the content. He may not have all the fancy words and the yeah, techniques and all that. I guess my, my what I'm wondering, though, is because if you make movies and that's all you do, when you think of a story, you are only thinking in film terms. So your way of processing that information into a story that will make sense is not just words. It's images. Yeah, it's visual, And I don't so. know if you could... I mean, I'm not saying that he couldn't. I'm just saying it would be interesting 
because if you don't you know an author only gets to think in words it's like you if you have something you want to convey you have to use words to do it versus a film director can be like well i can use some dialogue i can use the setting i can use props i can use music i can use all of these other things to convey something that an author can only do in words and if that is the only way you know how to think you may not be able to even with the help of somebody else actually do a good job putting that into a words only form so i don't know yeah, maybe, maybe, not. maybe he would be really good at it and you know with somebody else's help to kind of refine it like you said and make it a you know a well-edited story maybe he could do it but i don't know i'm not Nolan's sure if his next movie is in paperback so. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to bookstores near you <laughs> I don't know. It's just an interesting, like, I don't I don't know how different he would have to change gears in his brain to think like yeah. that. Because I'm sure... There's that definitely a lot is, that doesn't cross over. Yeah, I'm like sure Like, things somebody, that happen in, in the background of scenes, you just exactly. can't put that on paper. Because it's not there to be pointed out to you. It's there for you to hopefully... Maybe you'll notice you it in the background, maybe you won't. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I'm wondering if... Because I'm sure, I'm sure with how good Nolan is, just like any, I mean, I'm sure Spielberg, you know, the same way, or Hitchcock, that they they don't just think of a story that when they are starting, when they're working on a project, when they're working on a film, they're really thinking about all of those things. Because when with each scene, they're putting together all of it in their brain, not just the dialogue and where how they want the person to walk across the room. So... I don't know. It would just be... Well, if he wrote one, I'd still read it. Oh, I'd read it too. <laughs> but yeah, it makes me wonder if he would be... I don't a... think he ever will. Probably not. Although he really wants to do a James Bond. He wants to do a Bond movie. That's like his life... Like one of his life goals is to Can do a Bond movie. Can you imagine how good of a Bond movie be that so would be? so good. Especially because you're hoping that Tom Hardy... Oh boy, if he gets Tom Hardy... For the next Tom Hardy Bond. and Christopher Nolan! <laughs> 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 He's right in that mountain. <laughs> Okay, you can't just use that for everything. Yes, you can. No, can't he? Oh, but you can. And this is all I'm going to hear now. Yes. He's going to get excited about something and be like, I'd ride that mountain. I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Not me. No. Yeah, no. No, I'm not saying I want you to this to have a thing. I'm saying I'm going to be subjected to this. Thing, not yeah. for me. I won't it's say It's like it. he's got to go home, you know, at a point. You get to be stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> <Farther>. <laughs> Well, so is there anything else we need to cover with this? With the film? Scores? Oh, yeah. We should do final scores. Haven't even thought about mine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I was getting to that. I was saying before we get to that, is there anything else about this movie that we really... If there is, we'll come back to it. Okay. Well, since Bradley brought it up... Oh, hot seat, hot seat, hot seat. Why don't you go first and rate it? Um, I'd say it's a solid 9 out of 10. Um, I think just... Maybe if it was written nowadays and put in theaters, I think it could have been done a lot better. I just think quality of films, early 2000s, kind of makes it look weird. I mean, the really, what, the beach or the bleach blonde hair of the, what, what's the main actor's name? Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. It freaks me out. It's <laughs> 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 like, what happened? Like, I know you got hit in the head, but it changed your hair color? Shit. Actually, trauma can do that to you. Well. Bullshit. No, 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 no. it's true. It's, it's a legitimate thing. If you have bad enough trauma, your it hair will grow white. It causes you to 
Oh, I thought it. Well, makes, that's not. I his know. went blonde. No, yeah, I'm I was just gonna saying, say make he said idiot. Your, he's like, I know I got hit in the head, but it made your hair change. Just only like, do it where you got make, hit. Make idiot decisions. <laughs> oh nope. well, shit, I'm going blonde. I got a brain injury. <laughs> Anyway, so you're giving it a 9 out of 10. Solid 9. 9. Solid 9 out of 10 because he doesn't like early 2000s hair. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you look at early 2000s just style, there's listen. It is, but like if you were living in that in the time, yeah, you think hey, it's fine. Baggy pants, yes. super big button up well, shirt. Wow, now we're going like, back to spicy. <laughs> Nate was talking about how he wants to live in high school in the nineties. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, no, no, like I'm talking two thousands. Oh, I know. Well, like late nineties, late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. Do you not sad. remember this? We talked about this last time with the Twelve Monkeys because when we got into all the time travel stuff, and Nate was just like, "I would just go back to the nineties to be a high schooler." <laughs> Listen, I there. was right in the middle of watching Buffy. That's because like, Buffy the. <laughs> He was like, mm, she's a good-looking girl. Bam. That's uh, the only reason why. It's okay, on a side note, how cringy is it that her and a Freddie Prince Jr., uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr., with their whatever it is, it's like... Oh, their, their new commercial. Their with commercial the, for, like, wa- like yeah, the, uh, dishwashing like, soap or something. Mm-hmm. I have we do it no idea what you're yeah, talking about. They're like, we do oh, it that. she's in that commercial? She yeah, she's so married bad. to Freddie Prince Jr., and that's who's wow. in that commercial, her and Freddie Prince Jr. Well, there's a bunch of people in it. No, there's not. No, no, it's just the It's two just of them. them. They're and in they're the like, kitchen. Oh. She's, like, sitting on the counter. Okay, I haven't seen that. There's another one that it's, like, a bunch of different couples and they're all oh. like no there's one that's just the and there's one them. there's it's like a bunch of different couples. like there's an old couple yeah. and then there's like another the, a couple. Oh, there's like yeah, a girl by herself the... she's like i live alone and i do it every night yeah <laughs> like the wrinkled between the grandparents and then they're coming out of the closet and the kids like just horrified and thinking their grandparents are having sex but then after dude i don't know what this is not the commercial there are some dirty there are some dirty commercials out there like they make are we still talking about tide pods or whatever they talk about like cascade like cascade they do it with tide as well like the kids running down and then they're like oh it's stuck honey like i can't get it out and then the kids just like hearing all these noises in the laundry room and he's like oh my god and runs upstairs (laughs) (laughs) and then his their shirts are all wrinkled and they're like wrinkles can leave the wrong impression and then after it shows them like using it and their clothes are, you know, all uh, flat and ironed out. But then like, you know, they look at each other and wink and like, you know, they just had sex as well. Oh, so that's actually the implication. Done. Yeah. Because in the other ones, the implication is that they're having like, sex, but they're actually just yeah, talking about like, the cascade, yeah. washing yeah. their dishes. They're like, we do it every night. We do it every night. Yeah. It's like, it gets really anyway i my point was just how sad is that that like that's what she does now she's doing oh she resorted to cascade Eh, yeah i don't know she's got enough money gotta put food on the table probably i don't know i just think it's interesting i don't think she made enough to live off of you're you're saying their success off of the scooby-doo movies wasn't enough (laughs) i refuse to acknowledge this um I was just saying, like, it's interesting how, like, you just see the turns that some people's careers take. Like, yeah, yeah, she went from being, like, a teen heartthrob and a teen star and, like, a young adult star who was now she's washing dishes and now she's doing doing daytime television ads. So, hey, the guy who plays Xander, like, 
he really went downhill. Hey, That's some of sad. them are dead, end up being drug addicts, or in rehab. Oh, no. so Could be much worse. Yeah. A Cascade commercial, not too bad. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Married my, to Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. I guess my I'm thing scared. is like, yeah, obviously it could be worse. Like it could be so much worse. It's yeah, interesting though because it's Look like she stayed in acting, but like this is where her career is now. Like they think mm. that's what makes it sad. Like it would be different if it was like, oh, she's moved on to a totally different career and she's doing something else, or she's just a stay-at-home mom, or you know, something like that. It is true that usually when people go into commercials, it's because they were really big or they are really big, and so they're going into commercials because people are like, oh, we're pulling them in because they're really good. Whereas in this case, it's like people that are like a lot of people nowadays don't even know who Sarah Michelle Gellar is. Exactly, and so it's like they're it's like. It really does feel like she's kind of like... It's, she's not in that because she's popular or was popular. No. Well, and that's, a lot yeah. of people that are on like sitcom television shows, usually that's the biggest thing that they'll get. I mean, look at Friends. Like Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston. is the only... But she's also a really big actress that, right now. Exactly. Like she came out of that better now. And everyone else kind of... Had uh, Matt LeBlanc did pretty well. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc he had a did few, well. I know he had a few independent movies, and he's still doing. He had a good. He had a pretty TV big TV show. Although, do you know that by the time that sh- that show ended, they were making like over a oh, million dollars each so per much episode. For every episode, like yeah. they were set. They're set they didn't, yeah, which they still pales not. in comparison to Seinfeld. But it does. It does. <laughs> but my point is just that it's not like Buffy. Like no, yeah, I no, mean, of course they not. were making so much money by the time that show ended. Friends is probably the second biggest, I would assume, Ameri- sitcom yeah, ever. Ameri- like, at least American yeah. sitcom, uh, live action sitcom. Because I would say The Simpsons is probably yeah, much more. Yeah, Simpsons is the longest. But it's got Seinfeld and then Friends has got to yeah. be easily oh, yeah. the top two. My, yeah, my point was just I know that Seinfeld made more money. My point was just that I mean. Yes, none of the other ones really went on to have like film careers, but they also didn't need them because. Yeah, they're they, set for life. They, Unless they, it's just something you enjoy doing. Oh, yeah, which you know? I think is kind of where Jennifer Aniston is at. Because obviously she's made so much money. She probably doesn't. Who was in the, the 12 Monkeys that was like a very pre- prestigious actor? Like we were talking about. Brad it was Pitt. Bruce Willis and Brad Pitt. No, well, Bruce uh, Bruce Willis was or, kind of in the middle of his career. Brad Pitt was early Brad Pitt was on. There the was an oh, older um, gentleman who. Christopher Plummer. Yeah, oh, like yeah, when you get to movies, that, when you get to that point in your career, like you just do something. We might have talked about that, where fun. like people yeah. just kind of take whatever. Like, like oh, I'll do a cameo like here, a cameo funny, there. Yeah, thing, well, and that's awesome I guess that's different if you're just like taking cameo roles because people know who you are. Like Christopher Plummer, people know who Christopher Plummer is. He can take a cameo role. I don't think he needs the money. Um, and then like I think Jennifer Aniston is probably still just doing it because she genuinely likes it, and obviously like. She's yeah. made plenty of money. I don't she think she's. Have to I don't think to she cascade needs. No, I don't think she needs to work. I think she does it because she enjoys it, and she's like she's a decent actress. Like she's good in comedies, and so she gets used. Yeah, and she's she still has on some pretty big shows too. So she's in shows. Yeah, um, I, I didn't know she was still doing TV. She's doing an HBO um, show oh. where she plays um, a news anchor. I it's I it's supposed to be like ABC News or something, and she's playing. Oh, um, I didn't know she was doing any TV. I thought she was just doing movies now. Because what was it last year that the murder mystery one came out? She's in yeah, that. that's just that m- might be a movie that you're thinking of. Though. Is it a movie? I think it is still Maybe. a movie. Okay, I could be wrong. Like but an I think HBO it's... Max thing. Yeah, no, it's on Apple. Oh. Oh, okay, I'll have to. I'll have to. I think I know you're talking that, about yeah. that. Okay, I haven't seen anything so Bradley gives it a nine out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will give it an eight uh, because the 
we didn't really talk about things we didn't like about in this movie because oh, okay. probably because there's not a lot. The one thing I really don't like about this movie uh, is that it it doesn't feel uh, it, it doesn't feel varied enough. Like there's it kind of feels like it drags at some points, which is too bad because there's a lot of information because that, of the going back and forth. All well, the time, because or? because too much time in hotel rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, I mean, there's so much information that that needs to be put into this movie that it, it does feel like it, we've, we've just been listening to him talk to himself for like what, like that 20 minutes true. now, there's and there's not lot. enough. There's not enough that like happens, but no, there there is a lot that yeah. happens. But it feels like there's even more of just him talking to himself, which is what this movie is built on. It's what it needs. Yeah. I just kind of wish it was like mixed so, up a little bit more. My quicker. question for you then and this is genuinely a question because i hadn't really thought about this do you think there's a solution to that because like you said that information has to be in there it's not just like oh hey if you'd cut 10 minutes here this would be a better film like no maybe not a I way mean, around it i mean there there's you could probably go through and cut off some of the fluff like there's probably some stuff in there you could cut off and then you could also make it a longer movie too just so you could put in some little you know, other things here and there. So what else do you think should happen, though? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying as no, a general... I'm just... I'm just well, I'm, what I'm saying though. is as a general, like, feel of the movie, looking back on it, it's like the majority of this movie is him just kind of talking to himself. Pretty much. It's essentially like... So, it's like 80%. Which is fine if that's what it's about, but that doesn't make it... That's what drops it for me a little bit. Yeah. So... That's fair. That's fair. Um. But hey, it's an eight. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, I was going to give it, like, an eight and a half, I think. Um... I I think I I lean closer to a nine, but not quite enough to get it there. And since you know, really do no, it's not. <laughs> um, I think yeah, I think for me, it's it's just it's not that there's anything really that stuck out to me as being like, oh, if they had just changed this, this would be such a good movie. Um. I really do I really do think that it's it's just more that he was the younger filmmaker and that it just almost seems like to me like it had a little bit more potential to be like an astounding movie a masterpiece like a masterpiece and it ended up just being a really good it ended up just being like a really really good movie and like Bradley pointed out like he was super young when he made this he was younger he was like he was like your age when he made this, I mean, essentially a college kid who made this movie, it's really impressive for the fact that, like we've talked about multiple times, it moves backwards. You're getting pieces that you're trying to put together in reverse, but you've also got a timeline moving forwards. And like, it's a complicated film. There's, like you said, there's a lot of information that had to be given, and so the fact that he did it as well as he did is very impressive. I just think that it's. Like, I'm not sure that there's one specific thing I can point to and be like, if you just change this. I think it's just like, especially having seen his work now, like with having gone and watched Tenet, it's like if he had made Memento in the last like five years, I think it would blow people out of the water for like how astounding it would be. And instead, it's kind of this like, it's this really, really solid, good movie, but it's, it's just, I mean, it's young. It's like his second real or maybe his first real like, you know feature film mm-hmm. that he ever made which is crazy impressive like i you know i don't know anybody who yeah, it's do like that, what were you doing the right people saw his first movie and got in contact exactly. with him it must have been good like i need to go back and see it because it must have been good 
his yeah. first one. Getting scouted, like, oh my God. You're right. right. <laughs> well, and I mean, I can Get only... Counted. It's like at the first screening, like, Steven Spielberg's like, oh, Steven Spielberg's like, here. <laughs> <laughs> oh I can only imagine, though, like, with how good Memento is, and you said that, uh, what was the one called? What was the one called? Happening. Happening. And if Happening was only a little bit before that, I... I believe that it was a very good movie. I'm sure it's good, yeah. Because with how complex Memento is and for how well it was executed, I'm sure that Happening was great. I mean, already, Memento by itself, even for it, yeah, if it moved a little slow, if it could have had some things done differently, it's so much better than so many other movies that have been made by people that have been making movies longer. For sure. Well, here's here's something. Even if it was made today, do you think that the intended audience would have enough of a, an attention span to follow a movie as complex as well i think that. you could say the same so. thing for tenet i mean I think yeah. so. tenet is a two and a half hour movie yeah, and the first hour long. plus is like set up yeah <laughs> so and 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 honestly we'll never know because just because of the virus and all that like yeah, with the box office numbers are skewed we can't really over. we don't know how we don't know truly how successful tenet is been. or would have been just because it's just you can't compare it to anything else because of the yeah 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 i'm sure that though if you looked at it in a few months you could see some numbers for like how many people purchased it and watched it at home and stuff like that but i agree it doesn't help that yeah the numbers you won't have you won't ever have you won't have the same kind of numbers that you normally get from box office stuff but all that said obviously people Obviously, I mean, all of Nolan's films are like that. Like we said, they're all very intellectual. They're all essentially sci-fi based in some way. They're all, they all make you think. Whether you're trying to solve something or you just have to be like cognitively there to keep up with the film. All of his movies are like that. And he does really well and people love his movies. So clearly he does have an audience that is willing to sit there for that. So I think if he had made Memento now, it would have done fine. With Tenet, I think even if you're not into intellectually thinking when you're watching a movie, I think there's enough surrounding it that could keep your attention like if you just like action movies or maybe but um, like nate said it doesn't st- i mean there is some action at the very beginning but then after those first like 10 minutes it lulls yeah, for quite a while for... and i don't think that that would appeal to people who just want to veg when they watch tv yeah. like it's maybe if you want to veg don't watch a nolan <laughs> yeah well that would be a good place to start but yeah, I genuinely, and I think that part of what makes Memento good and that it would still attract people even if it had been made today and you're worried about people's attention spans is just the concept of a movie that's shown backwards. Like that's, I don't think it's anybody, novel. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anybody else has ever done something like that. It's That's, so no. there, there's kind of the thing that like there's only so many stories and we've reached the point where you can't tell the same story over and over again, which, well, I mean, from a certain point of view, it depends on how vague you are with what you okay, say sure. a story is, right? If you chop it down to five there's stories. Kind of, right, yes. exactly. <laughs> you just follow like the same formula, like you could change the characters' names or whatever, but it always kind of... And even if he is movie. using the same formula in some way or another in a movie like Tenet, just like... Because the, what they're talking about is basically more or less the progression of, of events and kind of how things fall into place is what makes those stories their different formulas. Mm-hmm. Even if he is following one of those or whatever, which, you know, I'm not great at like watching movies and saying like, oh, this is this type of movie, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's still a novel concept. Tenet is, Inception was, Prestige kind Memento of was, was. Mm-hmm. Memento definitely was. Like, it's, <laughs> like I, I remember thinking after seeing um, Inception... Like this, like how nobody's thought of to make a movie like that before. Like there's, this is it. There's nothing else that you can yeah. think of that's new 
And then there's Tenet, which is like, okay, well, well that's new. And that's the thing <laughs> yeah. is, like, if you look at it from a 10,000-foot view, like, yeah, most good st- most stories that make it to the film have, like, in very rough terms from, you know, like a 10,000-foot view, yes, they have the same progression of events. But, like, the, the thing is, you can tell something that has the same progression of events, and it's about how you tell the story. Because you can tell, mm-hmm. you know, you can tell a story that is, you know, about... Uh, like we were watching that thing on Netflix about like you know the hero's journey and whatever. Yeah, there's and that's so what I was many stories to. that follow the hero's journey, but it's about how you write the details and it's about who you make your character and all the other things. It's about the setting you put them in. It's about when you choose to reveal information and all that. So yes, you might follow the same well, like basic plot points, but Nolan he never defines a clear resolution to his films. Like there's always kind of like the possibility of it continuing or like okay like this kind of ends all right he likes like it could still he be likes open. to leave yes. you a little uneasy when you walk out of the movie yeah. like i think i mean the prestige mostly wraps things up but even then it it shocks you with something you weren't expecting right at the very end of the movie and it doesn't really give you time to process it it kind of just ends mm-hmm. and you're like oh whoa okay that totally changes the way i just watched the last 45 minutes of that movie and yeah like the timeline could still continue with um like tenet with inception like he could still be in a dream or like the time you don't really know like if things are really starting up because it's like well for when you start things up like my time's ending but then it's like wait so is he setting it yeah up I've, himself or like, I've seen tenet three times and i still like in my head trying to track like with specifically robert pattinson's character like his because he's all over the place in that movie like yeah and especially once you yeah and that was kind of thing i mean obviously the protagonist comes to the same realization that he's like whoa whoa whoa, you're in this way deeper than i thought you were when i first met you and you realize the same thing and so am i (laughs) because you find out because like yeah yeah but i mean even before he realized he finds that out about himself i just mean like he recognizes about halfway through the film that this guy knows and is way more involved than he realized initially. And you realize the same thing as the audience. So then, yeah, watching it was like trying to go back and kind of retroactively be like, okay, wait a second. How does his timeline fit with the, what I've been watching? And you, like Bradley was saying, like, it, you know, he talks about, well, his is ending, but this other guy's just beginning. But then it's like, well, how do we bring those together? And if he hasn't started something yet, then with going backwards in time or just you know, there's so many pieces yeah there's just so many pieces that you're you? just like i can't on. imagine the headaches like going back over the script for tenet like okay let's make sure there's nothing like yeah. <laughs> like it contradicts I here sure. i wonder how many like i would love to see what nolan's notes would look like for pitching that to somebody and being and saying, you know, all right, here's my concept for the film, but then having to sit down and explain that to somebody. Not that, not that Christopher Nolan has to pitch movies anymore. I don't think. Okay, maybe <laughs> not. Like, Christopher like, Nolan walks in with the, the, okay. the whatever like, you see him walking, you're like, yes. How much money do you want? Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> whatever you want, it's yours. I shouldn't say <laughs> it. Like He's not going into Shark Tank with the tenant script. So guys, because like, I'm asking for four million. I'm asking for a loan. <laughs> okay, I guess what I should say is. Obviously, there are other have to be other people though who understand this movie well in order for it to come together like that. It can't just be Nolan who understands it. So I just am curious, like what those notes look like. Like how many lines does he have? Is it like the Charlie thing where he's like, yeah, right, you know, with all the strings all over the walls, and you know, there is no HR. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just it makes me wonder, like how long, how many hours did he take to explain that 
to you know his people that are helping you know his team that's working directly with him to put these this into motion like how many hours of time well i mean or dunkirk like, dunkirk was 2017 2018 i'm not sure it's been a while i couldn't yeah, it's been a couple a few years. years i don't know if it's been and even though. then uh that one's not as much of a i mean i haven't seen it but that one's not that one's not like a complex no, it's, like, it's just a retelling of that's just a war film. you know a, a war film which i'm sure it still has the nolan you know the nolan feel the to nolan it touch. but it's not as much of a no i mean it's not going to be a mind no. no and also try like, to keep you know up. his film his batman trilogy like it's not really mind bending or anything, no it's not you know? that's true the, but the just, third one still has the yeah, ambiguous has, ending yeah, you know, it's like, okay, like, is he going to live on as Batman? Is Robin going to pick up where he left off? Is well, then, the question is, did Batman yeah, die or not die? in the end of that mm-hmm. one? Yeah. yeah. Which I think we're it's supposed always... to believe he didn't, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, like, even in his movies where it's not, you know, like Batman, where it's not a super complex story that has tons of moving pieces that you have to keep up with, He's very much somebody that he does. He intentionally does not tie up all his loose ends. Yeah, of course. No, he likes, I don't think he, he wants you to. No, he likes he, to leave you with a handful. Well, and that's that's something major, I think as but, a movie as a movie maker, you want that. You want people still talking about your film continually. You don't want to say, "Wow, that was great. I'm never going to watch that again." I don't want to see that. I don't want to think about that. Whew, got through that and, movie. Next. And I think no, that that's why he will it. continue to attract an audience, even if his subject matter is complex and requires several views to really understand. It's because people like that. People like having something to talk about. Like, you don't... Because, I mean, okay, think about it. Like, think about the last few superhero movies. They're not the kind of movies that people go see them and then go like, I need to talk to somebody about this movie. You Like, people watch it and yeah, they go, like, it, oh, was it was a superhero was movie. It I predicted everything yeah. 10 minutes or before it, it happened. And here we well, are. Well, and on top of that, his films kind of starting with Inception, like looking at Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet, they have such an epic feel to them. Like, they're mm-hmm. so... And actually, a lot of that comes from, like, the music that's used in them is so, like... Yeah thundering and like you just get this like um, it's almost yeah it's hard to explain how it it, like the way i think yeah like the way he uses sound like there's a lot of like it's almost not music it's like an ambiance that he gives to his films and there's a lot of that like almost like a rushing or like a roaring noise that's just like droning on and you feel it just you feel it as you sit in the theater seat it like comes through the floor it it makes it's such a reverberates through your body the word epic is used so lightly but like the true like they they're truly like epic movies think about like movies like star wars or lord of the rings you know and think if they didn't have the music that they had oh yeah like Although, music has such a high influence on movies that I think we just I think sometimes forget about it. But oh, yeah. and even when you forget about it, it's still having a subconscious impact mm-hmm. on yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, that's one hundred percent true. I think that even more so with the Nolan films, it's not just his use of the score. Um, it's it's like especially thinking about like. Um, I haven't seen all of Interstellar either, but like we should watch. Jeez. That we should. You idiots. Um, sorry, you but idiots. I'm thinking. Oh, I'm, I'm so angry right now. <laughs> okay, but I'm thinking specifically of like Tenant and uh, Inception. Think about just it's not just the feel that you get because of the music and the setting. It's like the scope of the world he's created is what makes it epic because like it's not 
you know something like Lord of the Rings like sure it's an epic fantasy movie and it's great and it's super well done and the music's amazing and the characters are great and all that but it's a pretty confined space like if you want to mm-hmm. think about it in like terms of you know like physical it makes space it kind more of thing, suspenseful it kind of closes in on you like in the scenes in Lord of the Rings not Lord of the Rings just Nolan films no I think that Nolan films have the opposite effect I don't think they close in on you I think it's like standing in an empty room that has too much open space where you're like the walls are not close enough it's like you feel like like there's too many unknowns. Like he's left too much open space. It's like like if you like if you stood in an empty like I don't know like a cathedral so you're or something that it's has like the you're ceilings. isolated. Not isolated, but just like there's it's the opposite of being like feeling like a movie or something is cutting in on your space. Like Nolan leaves you too much room for the imagination. He's like you're like, please draw the lines a little bit more clearly, and he doesn't. You like, kind of feel like, I don't know, if we're going to put it in terms of that kind of thing, it's kind of like standing somewhere and not being able to see the end of the room or not being able to see the ceiling because it's too far away. That's what a Nolan movie is like. You know, it's like Inception, well, you're like, wait a second, there's so many layers to this where you're like, you kind of you kind of get lost in it. Same with Tenet where you're like, I don't really understand what the like parameters on this world are and it makes you feel like you're very small and that there's a lot going on. Now do you think that's intentional or accidental? Oh, I'm sure that's 100% intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what makes them so epic. Is yeah. because it's yeah. so much more than just the the details of the story. It's like the way you feel while you're actually watching the movie, even thinking about it now. Like I feel that way. Like there's They're just thing. they're just cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, we have a few good more years of Nolan films coming yeah. our way. Right? Well, I would hope that because, I mean, A, he's not that old, and B, because it's obviously something he's passionate about, that regardless of how much money he's making, that he will continue to do it just no, because I he think loves he's it. Ju- he's obviously set himself as a big name. He doesn't need to really, you know go to the shark tank and yeah say, no no i'm not right, even talking for about my that. idea okay so what do you think um <clears throat> you can have to wait i think the next nolan films no 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 no, no i no. can't answer that question <laughs> what do you think the budget was for tenet oh boy uh, it made so far it's made 251 million wow that's not too bad how considering, long has it been out uh it's been out for weeks. like yeah a few weeks that's not bad considering came out on the third of September, still... so it's been out all exactly guess, yeah, a month. All things considered, that's not bad. Okay, so the budget. So far, it's made two hundred fifty million. What do you think the budget was? A billion dollars. Yeah, I don't way think undershot it'd be... it. The way Nate's looking at me, I can't tell yeah. if I'm under or overshooting here. <laughs> um, I'll go way lower and say a hundred million. <laughs> yeah, I don't. $100. I'm not sure. Karina knows what the what a billion means that's, yeah, that's <laughs> there's never been a, <laughs> no movie has ever come close to having a billion dollar budget oh, I don't know. no i don't know you looked at me like it was some big number no, so i would it, be no. way lower like yeah. infinity wars i think made over a billion in yes, the box office. oh i know i know i know that's no I, yeah not even okay. no movie's no, ever come close to okay wait i want to revise my answer <laughs> i want to revise my answer to something more reasonable i'd say he doubled um i'm going to say 500 million Still super high. Uh, 205. But my point, and it's made 250 so far, um, which so good for him. He's made 45 million. Good for him. Yeah, I'm sure I hope he makes many more dollars. He's gotten 30 of mine. Uh, <laughs> what do you, He's now, now, what do you think his budget was on Memento? Like $15? No, I'm 
Just no. $15 on a foam recorder. For, for Guy Pierce's hairstyle, that's at least Oh, the bleach. Right there. The oh, bleach. so much bleach. Okay. No, no, they <laughs> just used what Nolan had in his college dorm. Yeah, they were like, like some hydrogen we've peroxide, got, we'll throw it on your we've head. We've got this. <laughs> just sign these papers and <laughs> please um, don't okay. sue me. Realistically, um, $5 million. It's probably I'd less say than even that. less. Probably I'd less say probably maybe... Mm. Although, how much money did he have million. to pay Guy Pierce? Yeah, Do you want to know how much it made? Before sure. it made, it, it made forty. Forty million. Forty million. Yeah. In what? Two thousand two is what you said. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, what was the budget? Uh, nine million. I was oh, close. Wow. I said ten. Wow, I said two. <laughs> I. That must have been a lot of bleach. So to get nine million dollars, I want to know what the budget was for his first movie. Because <laughs> it really does kind of seem Five like dollars. it was a, a very independent and a film. Taco Bell coupon. <laughs> one one dollar. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been saying wrong. It's not happening. It's following. Oh. Following. Sorry. Wow. So it wasn't happening at no. all. The happen. The happening. Yeah. The happening is a following. really terrible uh, M Night Shyamalan movie. Okay. The budget for that first movie was six thousand dollars. For the following. Following. Yeah. Following. Man, I really want to see that movie. Bitch. Okay, what year did he make Following? Nine, uh, 99. So okay. Two years before. So somebody saw that and was like, we need to give we this guy this a budget. <laughs> well, if you think about that, how long how long was the production for Memento? Because after the Following was year. released, someone Generally, saw it and thought, okay, we got some potential here. Yeah. And somebody probably yeah. saw it before it was even released and got in contact with him before the movie even yeah. came out. Yeah, probably. Well, because my guess would be at that point, like if he was that young when he was making Following, it was probably more of like a student, like, you know, a final project or something yeah. he was doing right out of school or while he was still in school or something like that. So I'm sure there was some kind of mentor or someone else he was working with who would have had access to that while it was still in like pre-production and being like, okay, this is going to be good. And somebody else who has a budget needs to see this guy and get their hands on him before you know this talent gets Nolan lost. making a Star Wars film. Can you imagine how good a Star Wars? He's the only gosh. person that could save it. Well, John Favreau could save it. I think I it's think past John saving. Favreau's... No one can save it. I think John Favreau could do a good Spielberg job with it. I don't it. know if he could like restore the credibility. Not gonna lie, I didn't even like The Mandalorian that much. I ch- I mean I I really wanted to. But it's, it's all right. I mean, I'm not like, oh my gosh, yes. It's way better than season two. Yeah, if you compare it, I thought it was a lot yeah. better than the right new now. movies. Yes, but as a TV show, like I and I'm still excited for the second TV. season, and I'll still watch it. Yeah. But it, to me, it was, I it just it just wasn't that. I hate it felt too much like the movies TV that are coming shows. out. I I enjoyed the um the Clone Wars series on Cartoon Network. Those were actually really good. Did you watch the most recent season of that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I thought the well, last, bad, 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 bad. I'm just gonna say I thought the last season was way better than all last three films. Like way better. Okay. So I've only seen the recommend. first two episodes of that and I I, I was so angry that. when they should have made that when they introduced what was the name of that group of like rogue guys like yeah, the bad boys like or whatever the bounty hunter kind of or not bounty hunter they're um like the bad bunch the, yeah. the boy the big bad i don't know the yeah. whatever they I are that's what they're called the, the big, big bad, bad boy bunch, bunch. They're the big bad boy they, bunch. to me i was so angry <laughs> the when they BBB. came on because they were like the most stereotypical like oh you have like the roguish leader who's like outspoken and kind of like you know like 
a little I'm surprised like they didn't make it a woman. But then you then you have like the quiet guy that's like the sniper. Oh yeah, and then you have the really big tough guy that doesn't say very much. And it was there's just like reasons. wow, a bunch of stereotypes. There's so a I reason don't care. stereotypes exist. <laughs> but it was but, like, but they're know. so boring. It's like yeah. you just gave me like this these four characters that everyone likes for some reason, and they're the most one dimensional boring characters in the world. And there's nothing just, interesting about just them. keep I like that watching one dimensional characters that aren't even two. Keep Usually watching it. I think like, oh, it's a two dimensional. There's so get to the last three or four episodes it. <laughs> it's worth it and personally i think they should have made that i and if they were going to make a movie on star wars they should have said you know fuck the last three and make this one <laughs> well and i'm two or three episodes into that show and i haven't seen ahsoka tana yet which is what i was wanting to see this it season happens. for it, it does he made me watch the last two episodes of it so i know how it ends well would you vouch it. for it like and say that i enjoyed it, it. yeah, yeah. It was good. I would recommend the first five seasons. I, I know I, I need yeah. to watch it. I know. Really or se- but this I've is seen, season six well, on, right? Or seven? I can't remember. Seven. Okay, so the first um, six I've seasons. I've seen pieces of the other seasons. Partly Sometimes because I it, it feels you. like it lingers on and then there's other Well, the problem that... It's the same problem that like um, The Last Airbender has, which is that it's a really good show... Yeah. But there's always this like thing in the kind background, like oh, this feels in episodes, well, you know. There's that, like, but then there's also this whole thing in the background that's like this, this kind of feels like it was made for twelve year olds. Yeah, like it's good and it's enjoyable, but like there are like a lot of moments where you're like, this. Yeah, is you like, realize because <laughs> I'm showing Karina that now the um, Avatar: Last Airbender. Um, yeah, you could definitely tell that they make it for like you know it's Y YTV seven and. Uh, you know obviously it's a kid show but then you realize they have a lot of adult concepts too you know for maybe the occasional parent who's watching their kid or spending time with their kid that needs to watch the show and then it's like wait like that was directed at an adult humor like that's <laughs> not well, which kids. every kids movie kids <laughs> yeah. show yeah does that to a certain extent like yeah, that's I always in there see that um, though with but Avatar. i agree there is that i understand what you're talking about there's that like that intangible thing that you're like, this is good, but it could be better if it was written to adults and not children. But it's like, you know, well, you can't you can have that, that because like, it's written to kids and like there's only so much you can do if you still want to be able, able to air this on Cartoon Network. Like you can't. Although, like, although the Clone Wars has like a lot of on-screen brutal deaths. Yeah. <laughs> but it's animated. <laughs> but and still, that's a like Avatar has none of that. There's no, no. on-screen deaths in Avatar. No, really. True. But Avatar is like Youth 7, and I don't think Clone So Wars is Clone Wars. Is. I'm pretty is it sure it is. 7? Yeah, it is. It's, it's rated? Pretty yeah, sure. Pretty I'm sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, I think we're reaching a weird time where, like, as we get older into adults, like, there's a lot of stuff that we grew up with that is still on air. Like, like for instance, Pokemon, like, was made in 95, and there's still a lot of people that are, like, reaching their mid-20s and early 30s, and, like, some of them will still watch it or play the games or whatever, and then it's intended for kids, so it's, like, how do we still, you know, satisfy both uh, viewers? So I think there's just Which usually ends up very to, badly. Yeah, you can't, like... <laughs> You have to win one or lose the other. Uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars is PG. Just PG? Uh, there's a movie. You might be looking at the movie. Oh, yeah. 
Here, let me see mm, okay, what you're looking at. Which is at. also like the stupidest thing in the world because they just took two episodes and mashed them together and then put it in theaters. Yeah. So retarded. That's really all they did. That's literally all they did. Like they just cut out the credits and the intro and then just stuck two episodes movie, together. Yeah. <laughs> I was I so angry because I was like, oh, the movie, I'm so excited. And it was just two episodes. No, like they each had their own little arc and they were barely connected. It's like, wow, that was really disappointing. Yeah, Saving says, Jabba the Hudson. Hang okay. Hang so from IMDb. And this is the show, 2008 to 2020. All right. Um, let me see. They let it out in 2008? Or was that season? Uh, TVPG. Okay. It's not T. It's not right. seven. Well, checked out, I guess, because there was definitely some... There's a lot of brutal things in there. I mean, just thinking of Grievous's lair, like how much slaughter there is yeah there's just a, there's yeah, a lot of on-screen it says killing that, and actually it's been suggested as a pg-13 no prolonged season sequences of intense sci-fi action and violence yeah maybe not new, nowhere near pg-13 no it says it's, it says it's a suggested rating no i'm just saying it's not youth seven. suggested well, by an idiot it's by animated. a dumb guy it's animated i'm not saying i agree i'm just saying you guys were wrong it's not a youth okay. seven. No, you're reading that wrong yeah <laughs> You can take well, that up with seven TV, PG. It's the same thing. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> yes, but highly recommend. Yeah, I can't remember where we're talking about the Clone Wars. Well, I think I was talking about um, Christopher Nolan making, making a, a Star, Star Wars. Wars. Oh film. right! You can't just bring Star Wars into a. It just it starts a whole thing. If you that bring Star Wars in, it just we haven't done a Star Wars episode. We keep well, saying we should, and we keep not doing one. I haven't. I don't think I've watched any of the new Star Wars since they came out in theaters. We don't need to. No, there's. We no could do point. an old one. I wouldn't want to do one you of those do, anyway. If we did yeah, any of them that are new, one. I would only do Rogue One. Be but preferable. I'd much rather do one of the other ones. No, do one of the older ones. I mean, I I I wouldn't even want to talk about one of the new ones because if we did, literally all we'd do would sit here and complain and rip on it. Yeah. yeah. Like you really want to do something that's pre the maybe that's, saga. Maybe that's one of the days where it's like we should do something we hate, <laughs> and then it's like. <laughs> Although I really want to watch Jedi. We could go through and do like what that YouTube channel, the uh, what is it, the Cinema Sins or whatever. Where you go. Oh my counts. gosh. Is that what those are called? There are so many Cinema Sins in that. But I'm just saying, like, we could always, if we really wanted to, just you should like, just air if that. If we really just wanted to, like tear something to shreds we could do something like that with a with one of the newer films and just go through and talk about every single thing that's wrong and why it's so bad so it's such a long episode it would be a long episode <laughs> but it would be pretty funny we'd enjoy the, the complaining it just for would the not sake stop of the therapeutic complaining yeah <laughs> nate said he had JJ a million Abrams. dollar and a 10 million oh. dollar question for us yeah i stole these from a different podcast that will oh, go okay. unnamed Sorry, okay well, no. they sponsor us <laughs> all right Here's my stolen $2 million and $10 million question. Two million. Which one do you want first? Uh, we'll go with start the cheaper small. money. I'll cheaper start one. small All right. my way up. $2 million question. All right. You get $2 million. $2 million. All right. No strings attached. Just Ooh. kidding. Um, <laughs> Shoelaces. But for the next two years, every time you take a dump, you have to hold someone's hands and look into their eyes. Honey, every single time. Honey. <laughs> Like two million. Yep, two million dollars. Okay, you want your cat? You're going to be looking solely in my eyes. Okay, you're going to hate that I so had you're Taco saying Bell. You would do that. 
Heck yeah, I'd do that. It's two million bucks. <laughs> we have no. Would secrets. you not do it for two million dollars? Okay. Well, now that yeah, because I'm married to him, I would. But look like, into here's my the thing. Eyes, here's honey. the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> You're not gonna be around each other every single time. You have to go poop. I just not every single work. time. Oh, I've got some friends. I got a buddy system. <laughs> you just gotta pay him off a little bit. Yeah. Right? Hey, yeah, dude, like, I'll give you a five hundred bucks. You want five bucks, dude? Not five bucks. Five just don't no, look no, down. <laughs> you, do you realize what people would do for five bucks? Okay, they do. Okay, a lot. What you would do for five bucks is not the same as what other people do. I know you don't do anything for money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, you want the, the yeah the ten million dollar question? Mm-hmm. All right, this one's great. All right, you get ten million dollars, but. Oh no. <laughs> But there is a snail. Oh no! <laughs> There's a snail that is trying to kill you, <laughs> and it's that's all it does. It can't die. The snail is infinite, and all every every waking moment, it's always moving towards you, trying to kill you. And if it ever touches you, you'll die. What do I have to do? You, nothing. Just avoid. But if the, the snail, snail touches you, you'll die. Shit, it's like a double. And it's wedge. always like, moving towards you. No, no worries. How far away to the snail do I start? Doesn't matter. Well, it kind of does. Well, no, because you could just fly to the other side of the world. Like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you start right next to each other, they're holding the snail above one hand. I've like, got, as soon as they drop the tail. <laughs> I've got ten million dollars, and I'd be racking up flying points with that. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're like I don't fly miles. Okay, <laughs> I'd be so good. Yeah. No. He's on the plane. Yeah. No, I totally do that. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Who's not afraid of a snail? Do I mean, like, to? if you get lazy, like the snail, we He's don't know. How, I don't know what going. the IQ level of the snail is, but it might be hitching rides on planes. Like, however, however, though, the snail snails move very slowly. So even if it was trying to catch, they do. But you would always have to be moving. And, and not only would you always have to be moving, but just you would like never really know if you always had to be death. moving. So you're you would like, have to be always moving. Oh shit! It's here, and it's like, all right, buddy. Are you okay? <laughs> You're almost wanting to poke at it. Like, are you Wait, moving? Wait, so does it only kill you, though? Yes. Because what well, you could have somebody else. Pay I someone do, to I would watch pay it. Somebody yeah. to either watch it or to like put a tracking device on it or something and watch yeah. it. That's yeah. what I would do. Because or if I had 10 million bucks, I'd just pay somebody to do just it. Just grab a jar and go, okay. Or that. <laughs> Walk out. That it's too. safest place is yeah. right next to you. Honestly, that's true. <laughs> like, I'd put it like there, if it can't die. I mean, whatever. It's not going to change anything. So just like put it in a Tupperware container yeah. and just carry it around. But with eventually, you. but it's, it's always like, trying to get to. This you. is yeah, my this can't. is my best friend. He's trying to kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's just in a little mason jar that you just carry around with you. I yeah. mean, like they what is it? They say keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, enemies. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, unless this is like a mutated snail that can like yeah, spit acid like, and like melt through the jar up. or something. If it was, then would you take the deal? That would be a little bit different. <laughs> a hybrid point. mutated snail. I'd just like to see that. I'd just like to see that. And you get 10 million bucks. Like, That's yeah, a bonus. It's like, <laughs> dude, I'd fight that snail to the death. <laughs> like, if the you, snail can't die. Yeah. And if you touch it, you die. No, that's... So. It'd be it'd be cool. That's the way I want to go now. <laughs> Murdered by a giant snail. Yeah. Like, I fought my hardest there. <laughs> he didn't. No. He just laid there and let the snail yeah. roll over me. The oh. snail's like, <laughs> like he kills him, like an interview. The snail's like, eh, I just let him do the work. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really? He just ran at me. <laughs> snail's like, listen, the same people that gave him the $10 million, they gave me 15 if I would just chase him around. Yeah. So. Like, you want to kill this what guy? What would a snail do with $15 million? Buy a really cool Probably some nice shell. wheels. Yeah. Actually, yeah, it turbo. would be like turbo. <laughs> Deck out my ride. 
Pimp my ride. Yeah, pimp my ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would do that. Oh, 10 million, man. 2 million. Hey, I'm $12 million richer. Exactly. All right, well, check us out on Instagram at, what's our Instagram handle? Isn't it L? No. L2E Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on Instagram, L2E Podcast, uh, or email us at limited to everything at gmail.com. And uh, keep listening. But, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but.